You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right, Luke 17. Luke 17. This is a familiar portion of Scripture, familiar passage in story, but I think it can be a help to us tonight. So we'll begin reading in verse 11, Luke 17, 11. And it came to pass, as Jesus, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And when it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Let's pray. God, I'm just thankful to be in your house tonight, thankful to be with your people, like-minded people. And it's just refreshing, and, and I'm just thankful for it, thankful for the encouragement of it. And I pray that you'll be with the message tonight. I pray you help me to be clear, help me to be concise. I pray you speak to hearts and, and uh, help it to uh, speak uh, to people like it spoke to me. And I pray that it will make a difference. And I pray you just use this service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Well, it's been about two and a half months since we've been here. So the honeymoon uh, period is over. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one of the most embarrassing stories of my life tonight. So hopefully you still want me here after, after this story. Um, so when I was probably in sixth or seventh grade, um, my brother Daniel and I, who's, he's about five years older than I am, we, we shared a bathroom. We shared a bathroom growing up, uh, shared a room for, for a lot of the time. Um, but we shared a bathroom until he went to college. So again, I'm, I'm 11 or 12. Uh, he's 18. And we lived in a house that my dad uh, built and uh, built it out in the country, and uh, he had a lot of help from church members. And so, great house, loved it, loved the property. So, let's just say that Daniel and I, uh, ever so often, had a hard time keep, keeping our bathroom clean. In fact, it was it was a lot of the time. Just being honest, it it, it was a, it was a struggle for us to keep our bathroom clean, keep our rooms clean. Once we once we moved out of the the room. Uh, and we had our own separate rooms, then uh, we had a much easier time keeping our rooms clean. And I remember Daniel got in trouble one time for his room being dirty. He said, it's Samuel. Samuel, Samuel left his stuff in here. And my dad was like, Daniel, Samuel's not even in your room. He has his own room now. And it, it, was, a, it was a freeing feeling to, to have my own room. Couldn't be blamed on me anymore. But anyways, forget about the room. We had a hard time keeping our bathroom clean. So one dreadful morning... We heard my dad coming up the stairs. 
And I don't know, maybe some of you kids can relate. You, you know exactly the, the, um, what your, your dad's steps sound like. And you know, you know, I, I don't know how you can, but you know if he's coming and you're in trouble. Or, or he's coming to like, come look at your room and it's filthy. Like, I, there's got to be a difference some, somehow. I don't know. But we heard him coming up the stairs and we panicked. We, we absolutely panicked. We knew our stuff was everywhere. We knew that our bathroom was a mess. So, of course, he just happened to uh, come up and just do a routine check of our rooms in the bathroom. So our stuff was everywhere. There was clothes, towels on the floor. There was toothpaste on the sink. The mirror needed to be cleaned. The shower door needed to be cleaned. There were toilet paper, cardboard things laying on the floor. It was just a mess. It was a mess. Two teenage guys living in the same bathroom. It's going to be a mess. And it was. And uh, if, you, if you know my dad, he is not too lenient on, on messiness and, uh, and laziness. And so he was not happy. It took my dad a moment to, to gather his thoughts. And I'm sure it was five, six seconds, felt like five, six hours. Um, just standing there, I could see the look in his eyes. Um, for some that may know my dad, you could see his jaw twitch. It was awful. I, I, I didn't know what was coming. And he started out a little bit more serious. And he said some, something like this, that not only did I sacrifice hours and hours to build you all this nice house, but there were church members, faithful church members, who sacrificed their time to, to give you this house. They, they sacrificed time to uh, be with their families. They sacrificed time to be at their jobs, uh, to help build this house just for you all. And this is how you treat it. And... Man, you, you could hear a, a pin drop. It was, uh, it, it, it was very convicting to me. And then I, was also, I just knew some, something bad was coming. But basically, we, we had been living with all the benefit of, of my dad, others who had built this great house and providing a beautiful home and property uh, for us to live in. And we acted like that was not, not a big deal. We, we treated it very, very poorly. So long story short... My dad told us that for a whole week, anything that we did in the bathroom, we would do outside. And uh, this is the worst punishment we ever received. Everything from brushing our teeth, washing our hands, taking a shower, and even going to the bathroom, we did it outside for a week. And uh, I know it sounds crazy, and, and it was. It, it, it was wild, and uh, won't ever, ever forget that. Yes. But... You, even after that, even after that, and my dad reminded us, he, he, he changed the doorknob and everything, by the way. We, we could not get into our bathroom, um, even if we wanted to. We, let's just say we, we took a lot of trips to the church that, that week. Um, but even after we got done with the punishment, then, then my dad reminded us, you know, people, people sacrifice to give you these things, and you've benefited from this, and, and they deserve, and, and I deserve for you all to treat this better. Because you, you've, been, you've been given the, the, these great things, and you, you need to be thankful, and you need to treat it a certain way. And I, I believe this is true about people, and we, we can do that, but it's also true about the people in our story, and, and it did happen in our story. So we'll, we'll, we'll see that, I think, hopefully by the end of the message. But Jesus Christ was traveling to Jerusalem, and we're in just a couple uh, in a few months, he'd be crucified. So on his way, he passes through Samaria and Galilee. 
And he passes through this city and he sees these 10 lepers. And these 10 lepers called out to him to be healed of this, this awful disease, leprosy. So leprosy was a very, very contagious disease. And in that time, a, a lot of the time, some, some would consider a death sentence because the disease would, would work its way through the body and it, it would disfigure the person. It, it would make limbs fall off. And it, it was just an, an, a horrible, an awful disease. And, and so because of the law, the lepers had to be separated from, from everyone else. They were separated from their families. They were outcasts from society, really. They had to go uh, to their own camp and be separated from the city. And so this is, this is when Jesus sees them and they ask for healing. Now, I can imagine that they're pretty desperate. I mean, they, here they are. Who knows what kind of shape they're in. But put yourself in their shoes. How, how would you feel if, if you're the one separated from your family? You had this awful disease. You, I think you'd be desperate for some type of healing. And so they, they see Jesus and they, they call on him, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. They, they're, they're begging him for healing. So Jesus hears them. But instead of just healing them right away, maybe like he had done before, he, he follows what the law required. And that, that was to uh, have the lepers go show themselves to the priest so that he could declare that they're clean. But instead of immediately taking their disease away, then Christ, I feel like he tests their obedience. He wants to make sure that they're going to follow what they're supposed to do. And this isn't the point of the message, but I think, I think it's something that we need to, to pay attention to, a, a principle that we need to be mindful of is that when we pray, when we ask things of God, we shouldn't just expect a free handout. We, we shouldn't expect um, or, or ask without being willing to, to do anything. You, know, you shouldn't expect God to bless you, to give you anything, if you're not living like you should or, or having the right kind of relationship with the Lord, know that, that you should, that you know you should. If we expect God to answer our request, then he should find us in a place of obedience. He should find us in, in, in a place of, of obeying his request that he gives us. Why would we request anything from him if, if we don't obey the little request that he has for us on a daily basis? You know, we, we, when, command, when you ask things of God, you should obey his commands before you expect an answer. You know, that's a good principle to live by teenagers, even with your parents, that you shouldn't expect gifts, you shouldn't expect money, you shouldn't expect any special treatment if... You're not obeying your parents or you're not treating them with the respect and, and um, the honor that they deserve. Why, why, why would they give you anything if you haven't been treating them with respect and, and obeying them? It's, it's just a good principle to live by for, for everybody. We, we need to be in a place of obedience before, before we ask things of God. I, I think that's very reasonable. But So as the lepers obeyed Christ, then Christ healed them. Imagine what, what this would have been like for people who, again, were, were outcasts from society. They were separated from their families. They're, they have this awful disease, basically a death sentence. I can't even imagine uh, how they felt when, when, when they saw that they were healed. And we do get to see what, what one leper did. We, we don't know exactly how the other nine responded. But look at verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Well, this one leper returns to Jesus after receiving this gift 
and gives, gives Jesus the praise, the glory, the honor that he truly deserved. And th- this wasn't just a, a simple thank you. The, the verse says that the leper glorified God with a loud voice. He fell down on his face. He was on his hands and his knees thanking the Lord for his healing. Maybe you think that's excessive, but I, I think it's only right with what, what, this, what this guy had just received. You know, considering what Jesus had just done for him, I feel like that's uh, only right. It is the only proper response that he, he could have had considering what Jesus had just done for him. Yeah. It's an incredible scene. Yeah. But then Luke mentions something else at the end of verse 16. It says, and he was a Samaritan. You know, if you know anything about the Jewish, the Jewish culture, the Samaritans, it's very common knowledge, but it, it would be extremely rare for any Samaritan or, or, or any Jew to, to talk to each other, you know, much less bow at the feet of one. A Samaritan would never, never be caught dead talking to a Jew or bowing to a Jew. They, they never socialized. They were never friends. They, they were bitter rivals. So this is, this is almost shocking. You know, the fact that this is mentioned is for us to realize that, I almost spilled in the water, that this man was so thankful, he, he put all excuses, he, he put all social norms aside to let Jesus know how thankful he was for what he had just done for him. Amen. Yeah. It, it's amazing how many excuses we can come up with um, when, when we are uh, supposed to come to church, when we're supposed to read our Bible, when we're supposed to do things for the Lord. It's amazing how many excuses we can come up with to keep us from doing the things that we should. You know, and and they're, they're so little and you look at this, someone who, who not even in their right, they shouldn't even be in their right mind talking to a Jew, like complete enemies. And, and yet he, he still says, you know what? God, God deserves the glory and I should honor and praise him and thank him for what he does. Yes. There, there's no excuse to, to be unthankful. Right. Uh, it, it, it's convicting. But then we see in verse 17, Christ's response to this. Look at it. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They're not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Yeah. You know, after seeing only the one leper return to give thanks, Christ asks, weren't, weren't there ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? What's going on? Ten lepers asked for healing, so why, why did only one come back and, and thank the Lord? I don't know the exact reason, um, but most likely, they're, they're just so preoccupied with, with their healing, uh, wanting to be clear of the title leper, uh, this newfound place that they're going to have in society, having the ability to go back to their families, their friends. You know, I'm, I imagine they're excited for all those things, and, and those things aren't, aren't bad, um, but they didn't go back and, and say thank you. They, they didn't give glory to God. They didn't honor God. They it's pretty clear that they weren't grateful for, for what had happened. Not grateful enough to, to, to go back and, and say thank you. And what happened was they received the benefit from the gift that Jesus had given them. And they went on like nothing out of the ordinary had happened. Yeah. They just went on their way. Wow. Yeah. And the only one to give Jesus thanks, to give him glory, was a stranger, a, a Samaritan. Most commentators agree that because they, they mentioned that, that this man was a Samaritan, that most likely the other nine were Jews. They were Jewish lepers. And this means that the, the ones who should have known Christ best, the ones who, who were probably the most familiar with his ministry, the ones who should see the significance of Christ's healing 
and who should have given him the most glory and praise, just walked away. The one who had the most excuses to just walk away was the one that came back and gave God glory, gave him honor, who worshipped him. Well, maybe it's that these Jews have become so familiar with the miracles of Christ and, and so familiar with his name that they cease to be amazed by the miracle that Jesus had just done in their life. Right, that's good. In, instead of thanking and praising Christ for, for what he'd done, they went about their business, living with the benefits, of the, phys, the, the physical benefits. While we'll see in the next verse, they missed out on some spiritual benefits as well. Right. Verse 19, and he, said, and he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Because of the one leper's faith, he was saved and he, he was sent on his way. You know, this part of the story confirms to us that, that God does reward those that, that believe on him. And, and, and he does save them, but he also rewards thankfulness. You know, this man wasn't saved because of the act of gratitude, but from his belief in God. Thank, thankfulness was just a, uh, a work that characterized this newfound faith. Giving thanks for, for physical blessings from God will result in spiritual blessings from God. I think that's pretty clear from this story. Ten lepers received physical blessings, but only the one leper received spiritual blessings. So what what does this mean to us? We've heard heard this story all our lives. Put yourself in the leper's shoes. How would you feel if you were the outcast? If you were the one separated from your family, you're dying from this awful disease, you look awful, you feel awful, and you've got this nasty disease. It'd be awful. I can't even imagine it. But you know, we're hardly different from these lepers because our sin is like leprosy. And the Bible even compares it to leprosy. It's basically a death sentence. It separates us from all those that we consider dear. And and specifically, it separates us from God. Our sin makes us outcasts in a relationship to God. If left alone in our sin, our own leprosy, we would die never having hope of a relationship with God, never having hope of eternal life in heaven. Instead, we would be condemned to eternity in hell, paying the price for our own sins. Without someone to intervene, this is where you and I would be, just like those lepers, outcast from society, outcast from a relationship with God, and dead in our sins. I want you to think about that for a minute. Where would you be without the spiritual healing that Christ is giving you? It's a sobering thought. But because Jesus Christ gave everything up, he chose to die on a cross for our sins. He chose to take that awful disease on himself. We don't have to die without hope. We don't have to to pay for our sin. He paid for it and allows us to spend eternity in heaven and have a relationship with him. That's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. If you're saved tonight, then God has done an incredible miracle in your life. Even better than just healing, healing you from some physical ailment. You know, that is not something that anyone in this room deserves. This miracle should, should never, ever get old to us. Right. We need to keep that in mind. But I, I want to propose to you that we have more in common with these lepers than you think. You know, how many days do you and I go on about our lives, live our daily lives, and not even think about this incredible gift that God has given us in salvation? 
I know for me, it's far, far too common. Just like those nine lepers, maybe we've become so familiar with the things of God, with the Bible, with salvation, we just get used to it. We forget how incredible the miracle really is. But not just that, God blesses us so much in our daily lives. And whether that's from, from good health, and I, I don't, we don't ever want to take that for granted because there, there's, there's people, um, even just people back home right now that, that are in the hospital and ICU from, from COVID complications. And, and, there's, and obviously we, we, we know of Mallory and, and there's so many people with bad health. We, we, don't, we should not take good health for granted. Right. And I, I know I, I do. You know, we shouldn't take for granted a, a job to help us provide for our needs, to provide for our families. Uh, and even enough to, to sometimes provide for our wants. And despite, this, despite all that's going on right now, God has placed us in a great country. He's given us a great country to live in. And we've had freedom for a very, very long time to proclaim the word of God, to proclaim, to proclaim the gospel. We shouldn't take that for granted, no matter what's going on. He's given us great families, great friends, a great church family, so many things. We could go on and on talking about the blessings and the benefits that, that we've received from the Lord. But how often do we live like those nine lepers, living with all the benefits of God's blessings, going on about our lives like God hasn't really done anything at all, to be blessed time and time and time again and just go on living with the benefits of God's blessings? That's a selfish, selfish life. And I, and I have been there way too, way too many times. It's convicting. Can you imagine the regret that the nine lepers had when they stand before God, they realize how selfish they were, what they missed out on by not going back and thanking the Lord, giving him glory, giving him honor. We've got to learn from their mistake and, and, and take from the example of, of the one Samaritan leper. We, we have to remember the things that God has blessed us with. We, have, we, we can't just go on living with the benefit of, of God. When, when we think about what God has done for us, his free gift of salvation, his daily provision, everything that he gives us, our only response should be like that one leper to turn back from whatever we're doing, whatever it is, and fall on our face, fall on our hands and knees and thank the Lord for what he's done. Give him all the praise and the glory that he deserves for the things that he gives us. That's what we, that should be our response. And it's not good enough that that we just do it on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. It should be a a, a daily thing because he does give us daily blessings and we do benefit from him daily. When we do this, when, when we recognize God's grace, his mercy, his blessings on our life, we thank him and, and worship him for it, then God's going to bless us. He's going to bless us spiritually. He's, he's going to help us. But it should never be said for us as Christians, people who are so blessed by God, people who have benefited so much from God, that we are like those, those nine Jews, living, living selfishly with all the benefits of God's blessings. If that's how you live, you'll, you'll ultimately live to regret it. Miss out on more spiritual blessings. Miss out on more benefits in the future. There's, there's a lot of application we, we could make. Um, but I want to bring out one more thing from my own life. Um, and, and a lesson that I learned the, the hard way. Um, and this principle of thanking God and, and not living with the benefits that he gives us and, and being thankful for it. It doesn't just apply to our relationship with God. It applies to our relationships with people and, and how we live our lives with people. 
So it was Christmas break of, of 2019, and Brielle and I were still in Oklahoma City, still in school. And I received um, an email from a text from my dad, and then an email from the church, um, letting me though know that a man in our church named George Scott had just suffered a massive stroke, and he, he was potentially on his deathbed. He was in a very bad spot. I remember exactly where I was uh, when I heard about this, and I, I could hardly think about anything else. So I, I, I go home and uh, eat supper, working on homework, and then my dad sends me another text, and they had brought Brother George to Oklahoma City, um, and he told me that, that he would most likely pass away within a couple hours, um, and that, that I, I should come to the hospital where we were close. So I immediately rushed there, and as I stood at his bedside, knowing that it was just a matter of, of pulling the plug. His mind was already long gone. My mind was flooded of memories of a man that had made such a big impact on my life. And whether that was from going with him to, to shoe horses, uh, learning a hard work ethic, whether it was for me doing something dumb as a teenager and him lovingly uh, but firmly correcting me, showing me what it was like to be a faithful man to his family, to his friends, to his church, to his ministries, to his pastor, and ultimately to his God. His love for others, his meekness, his humbleness, his soft heart to the Lord. He had played a huge role in me becoming the man that I am today because of his influence, because of his example to me for so many years, for 22 years. And it hit me in that moment that he would die without knowing how thankful I was for him without knowing the impact that he had made on my life. It was too late to go back and to thank him, to, to show him my gratitude for, for his influence. But it was that, that night that I realized I'd been living a, a selfish life, not being thankful to those who had done so much for me. It was then that I, I started to feel some of the regret that, that maybe those nine lepers had later when, when Jesus died and they realized how selfish they had been, what they missed out on. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to assume anything, but I, I can imagine that there's some in this room who have, who have had a, a moment like that with, with someone passing away. You know, the people that do so much for us should be thanked and given the gratitude that they deserve as well. You should never take for granted the time that, that you have to tell them thank you. You don't want to look back and realize that it's too late. You know, teens, kids, don't take for granted the parents, the, the grandparents that you have. It may be hard to see in, in a moment when you're, you're frustrated and you're, you're so angry and, and you, you don't understand. But I can almost guarantee you that there's no one else in this world who loves you more than your family. Thank them for, for what they do. Be thankful for your parents. Amen. To everybody here, don't take for granted the people that God puts in your life. Don't take for granted the church that God's given you. Don't just take and take and take and receive benefit from others. Receive blessings from the people here at church. Receive, receive so much. Don't just take and take benefit from the preaching, the teaching, the relationships that you get to have here. Don't take it for granted. Or else you could look back one day and realize you missed your opportunity. You, you were living selfishly and, and unthankful. I learned that lesson the hard way. We need to learn from this account to be thankful, to be thankful for, for what God has done, to give him glory for all the things 
that he's done in our lives, whether that be our salvation, whether that be our family, our church family, our jobs, the great country we get to live in, whatever it is, don't keep living with all these amazing benefits, all these blessings from God without giving him thanks and honor and the glory that he deserves. If you do, you may miss out on, on, on things that God wants to bless you with. But not only that, don't take for granted the people, the church, the church family that, that God has given you. Don't take for granted the people that you have here who have done so much for you. Don't live selfishly with the benefit of their influence, their example, without letting them know how thankful you are for them. Now, I know this isn't a deep truth. It's not a deep message. But maybe it's just a good reminder for us tonight to thank the Lord for what he's done in your life. Maybe you need to thank someone in this room for their investment in your life. Let's, let's learn from this story. Don't go another day without giving the proper thanks to God, the proper glory, the honor, and the praise that he deserves. And thank others for the things you graciously receive every day. Let's stand. We're going to prepare for invitation. I want to pray. Brother Nate's going to come and sing. If the Lord's speaking to your heart, let's give, him an, let's give him the honor of a response. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful for the things that you give us and the so many blessings that you give us on a daily basis, and, and we don't deserve it. And I know I don't deserve it. I'm thankful for the people you've put in my life to make an impact, to, to have an influence and, and be the example in my life. I'm thankful for those people. Help us not to take for granted the people you've put in our lives and the things you've given us. Help us to be thankful. Help us to give you the praise and the honor and the glory that you deserve. I pray that you'll help us uh, to, to leave here changed and help us to be responsive uh, to your word. It's in your name I pray. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.